In this episode, I welcome another one of my coaches, Nicole Biedermann, who not just only started her streetlifting career within 12 weeks of preparation time. So Nicole just did her first competition in streetlifting in last December. And yeah, she decided to sign up in September for it. And at that point, wasn't even able to do the muzzle up. So quite an interesting story on how to learn the muzzle up in such a short time and also in general how to prep in such a short time for a competition because she didn't know that something like competing in streetlifting would be something for her ahead of that. <laughs> and additionally, the second reason why I invited her is that Nicole is a hypnosis coach who helps people, for example, to overcome certain blockades in their life, certain fears or like problems for example, with sleeping or anything um, where hypnosis can be beneficial and also help one of my coaches to overcome the fear of the ring muzzle up because one of my coaches always had troubles that she just was so afraid of the ring muzzle up exercise that she had such a blockade in her mind that she just wasn't able to do it even though the strength was there. And so we did a hypnosis with her. I had of the competition the evening before and it actually worked directly in the first attempt <laughs> she managed to ring muscle up so nicole will also give us a bit of insight on how hypnosis can be um, helpful for every athlete in competitive sports what is behind hypnosis and that it's not a like a voodoo or hocus pocus thing and also for everyone that is interested in trying out hypnosis for the first time um, we have a special for you guys which nicole will tell us in the end of the episode so if you are interested in that make sure to listen until the end welcome to the muzzle up podcast the first international streetlifting podcast which will be all about lifting heavy weights doing fancy skills and listening to interesting stories from the best athletes across the world I'm your host Nadine, and now let's get started. So welcome Nicole, it's great to have you here. Um, before we jump into our topics today, I would love if you could introduce yourself a little bit so everyone knows who you are and yeah, why I have invited you maybe today as well. Of course, well... Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm a newcomer in weighted calisthenics. I started last year, well, a little bit some years before, but uh, Nadine helped me last year for the competition in December. And um, yeah, I'm a personal coach and hypnosis coach and love to do sports since ever. <laughs> and yeah, I did the competition in December, the MMC, and now I wanted to start with weighted calisthenics more and more. Sorry for bad English. <laughs> and um, the next one would hopefully be in September, the German Championship in Wetzlar. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you already... Uh... Uh, yeah stole me my first question because i wanted to ask you what are your plans for 2024 oh. <laughs> if any competitions are planned or 
what, what you want to do uh, this year, but you already told us now that you plan to compete um, next time at the German Championship in Wetzlar in end of September. So um, what are maybe your goals for this competition? In the, the MMC was your first um, ever competition in street lifting or weight calisthenics, however you want to call it. <laughs> And <laughs> um, yeah, it was a pretty short notice Uh, preparation I would say so now this year you have a little bit more time it's still like nine months to go so what are your goals for the next couple of months what do you want to reach maybe what do you want to improve especially for this year any specific topics you want to work on well um, you were my coach so you know my goals are very very high uh, every time I told, uh, talk about it so uh, my total last year was around about 120, like a little baby, I think. <laughs> But um, my my wish, as uh, I don't want you to uh, box me, But uh, my wish for the competition would be around about 180, maybe. Ooh. But uh, <laughs> it's my wish. I don't know if it would work uh, with uh, my uh, less of um, yeah practice in uh, this uh, in calibrated calisthenics. Yes, um, I can't tell if this would work, but uh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we just make sure to uh, train you as hard as possible. And then, of course, it's possible. Now, I mean, 60 kg total increase is definitely a high number. But especially for <laughs> beginners, it's still possible. So especially when you just start off with the sports, of course, it's way easier to make a bigger progress um, than when you are already advanced athlete that practices street lifting like for three four years already so i think it's nothing completely unrealizable but uh still we will have to work a little bit on it <laughs> it's a wish but yeah. my goal is a weighted muscle up at first. Well, that's something <laughs> I'm, i'm sure we can manage <laughs> at least if we're if we're starting to train again right so <laughs> Because since Christmas, Nicole became a little bit lazy, but uh, we are trying to motivate her again to practice. Not lazy. I had different priorities. That's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can always call it the way it fits for you, right? <laughs> but no, I think it's okay, especially after a competition, to relax for a few weeks. You just need to find your way back into the sports after some time and then just try to get step by step back into the rhythm but we are working on it <laughs> i'm on it yeah perfect so okay um then we already know what is your plan for this year so weighted muscle ups and a 180 kg total in which weight class do you plan to compete will you stay um, in the 70 kg class as an mc or do you have other plans um, no, I wanted to go in the lower class, the under 63. <laughs> uh, lower 63, yes. Um, because last time I didn't want to diet, but uh, my weight is always around about 64. So uh, it's not that problem to come a little bit lower. Makes sense. Okay, so Nicole, you started your street lifting career 
last year in September and we prepped you for your first competition in December. So it was a pretty short time where uh, you decided to compete and when the competition <laughs> actually took place. So um, can you tell us maybe a bit, first of all, what motivated you to compete in a competition or to like uh, sign up for a first competition? And if you had any calisthenics or street lifting experience ahead of deciding to compete? My motivation was uh, fun <laughs> and a little competition, uh, exactly. So um, in younger years, I was a dancer. And I competed in, um, yeah, in dancing, Latin dance. And I missed this, the uh, atmosphere of competition and everything. And I'm thinking about it for years now. And you asked me to go to the competition. And um, I was just thinking, like, why not? I was a little bit afraid. And I was like, uh, why do you think I can do this? Because I can't do squats, I can't do a muscle, muscle up, I can't hold me in rings or anything. And she's like, yeah, just go to the competition. And I was like, uh, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you, you, you must imagine, like, uh, I was seeing the, that the MMC sign up was live, I think, uh, just the day before or something. <laughs> and I was just chatting with Nicole during that days. And She was telling me also a bit like ah, at those times, like I, I'm missing to compete and I need like some something in my life to focus again on, to concentrate on, which like gives me fun, which gives me like a reason to train. And she was also always complaining about her squats because she had a knee injury from her dancing and was like, well, I would like to squat, but I don't know, like if I if I'm ready, if my knee will hurt again. And then it was just like, Out of fun, I was saying like, well, why don't you sign up for the MMC? <laughs> I have another one of my clients is competing there and uh, well, you can join her. And that's how, first of all, I, I acquired Nicole as a new client <laughs> because afterwards she came into my coaching before that we were just like friends. And I was sometimes giving her a few tips, but not really coached her until then. And yeah, afterwards, then she uh, signed up for the coaching and We prepped her from mid of September, I think, until early December when the competition took place within 12 weeks to be ready to compete. And we really had to start from scratch. <laughs> like, <laughs> for the, the muscle up, yeah, as you said, you never trained in rings before, right? Or did you ever touch the rings ahead of that? Ring rows. <laughs> at least <laughs> like ring rows but that's uh, all I ever did there sometimes I made some um, uh, scapula pull-ups on the rings when uh, the um, bar wasn't free or anything but I didn't do anything with the rings like you have to use the rings <laughs> <laughs> yeah so really started there from the scratch with the muscle up and additionally um For the squat, I don't know, how long was it ago that you really trained legs or squats specifically? Um, I'm not really sure, but I think in uh, the last year, in 2023, I did like five set squats for testing. <laughs> <laughs> well, better five than no set. <laughs> <laughs> the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> 
maybe not the best uh, way to start a competition, at least if it's only 12 weeks ahead. I still believed in Nicole because I knew that her progress the last couple of weeks before we started with the competition prep, she sent me a few videos and she told me also a bit on how she progressed since June where I saw her before live um, and her dip and pool progress was really going up already at that point. So that's also what, what, what was the reason like, Hey, why don't you want to compete and show off what you have been training on the last couple of weeks? And I think it was like the video of a 10 kg pull up on a double or a triple where we said like, well, that's not bad. Why don't you try? Why don't you just feel like, see like uh, if competing is something that you like and that you can maybe become a new passion where you don't need to stress your knees as much, for example, as in dancing, but still, of course, for the squad, it's always a bit, you need to see like how to manage the whole volume and of course uh, how your knees react to it but I think in the competition prep we managed it quite well so let's maybe dive dive a little bit deeper into it when we started with the competition prep what was going on in your head like first of all like what happened when you knew okay now it's time to really focus on training 12 weeks and now then I need to deliver I started with, um, well, let's see. <laughs> a week before, someone uh, asked me, like, uh, hey, your uh, calisthenics is looking great. Uh, what's your next goal? Do you want to learn the muscle up? And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't have uh, I don't have time for it. And yeah, and now I was there and I was learning the muscle up. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard because uh, there was uh, so much... Um, so much around the sports would, uh, was in my head and everything. So it wasn't, wasn't that easy to concentrate on it, but I think I was doing well. And uh, all I think was, let's see where this goes. <laughs> and uh, yes, all a few trainings, uh, you know it, I wrote something like, oh no, how should I do this? Or uh, why am I doing this? And uh, is it too late to stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a few times where Nicole was uh, pretty close to quitting. <laughs> but uh, in the end, she always, yes, then found her way back into training and kept on staying to stay motivated. But yeah, what was maybe your own opinion? Did you really believe in yourself that you are able to make it for especially like for example for the muscle up uh, that you will may manage to learn it only within like 12 weeks like three months time fun fact um i believe in myself that uh, that i can manage the muscle up more than i can manage the uh, fucking squats <laughs> i don't know why i uh, i know squats and i know how to do squats but i had the feeling that i can couldn't do this and with the muscle ups, I failed so much times, so much things you wrote in the plan I had to do, I couldn't do, but I believed in myself that on the competition, I can do this in 12 weeks. 
no matter what. I don't know why. <laughs> well, it's all in your head, right? <laughs> But yeah, this this what definitely was also uh, a tough tough thing we had to work on. We started just with the barbell to get like back into the technique and also to prevent Nicole from having too much muscle ache. It's still, I think it was still there. Of course, it's uh not possible to completely avoid muscle ache when you completely start training legs again from scratch. But um, yeah, we really had to keep it like slow. We really started easy, but her technique was, let's say, let's call it interesting. Yeah, like, I don't know, for the people who know Timo, uh, Timo Wunberg, and maybe also listen to the podcast, he squats like, like a shrimp. And Nicole's shrimp was maybe even worse <laughs> than the ones from Timo. <laughs> so she was like literally folding her completely upper back on her knees. So she, <laughs> I don't know. She was looking like a, like just uh, uh, like, how do you say? Like a triangle, but uh, like a 90 degree, degree triangle from her legs and her upper body. <laughs> Origami squats. Yeah, origami squat. That's, that's, <laughs> that fits well. <laughs> but uh, on the competition, actually, it was the be most beautiful squat I saw from you. So I was quite impressed then on the, uh, when it was time to deliver. So maybe let's jump a little bit more deep into the few weeks ahead of the competition, like when it was close to deliver. What was going on there in your head? Like... Like maybe like two, three weeks ago uh, before the competition started, I know that we had also a few discussions like, no, okay, I everything hurts. I cannot do it. Do, were you still believing in yourself there or what was going on at that point? I was afraid, especially um, because of the squats. <clears throat> And um, I uh, think I was afraid to be ashamed at the competition when uh, everyone is doing like 100 kilograms or anything, for example, and I'm there uh, trying to do uh, 70 kilograms, with, uh, which would be warm-up weight for all the others, something like that. <clears throat> But um, I believe in myself because <laughs> two weeks before the competition, well, I did the muscle-up. And this was a, another high. So I started with the muscle up and after 10 weeks, there was the first one. And you remember the re uh, video, I was up there and I was moving my legs and I was screaming uh, all out of me because I was so happy that it worked. And I tried it another time and it worked again. And I loved this. And this was the moment where everything came back to me and I was like, hey, I can do this no matter what. And I think that this was the moment uh, where you do a face palm every day because I was like, yes, I can do this. And I can do more and I can do more and more and more. <laughs> yeah, maybe even a bit too much motivation because I remember like in the last week, Nicole was just like, I don't give a fuck. I just do like 75, 80kg squat or something, which he then failed <laughs> because it was definitely at that point too much <laughs> because he came, became a little bit over motivated. But 
still yes I, I remember the time when you sent me the video and you just said like hey I was be, I was able to do the first muscle up and I was like what <laughs> that wasn't planned until now I was actually planning to really have the first muscle up only in the competition I was giving Nicole like a high pull-ups where she should should already start to go into the transition and was saying like well, if you feel really well, you can try to move a little bit further. And then she just did it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> it wasn't planned, but cool. Well, <laughs> nice to have. And uh, yeah, I think it definitely gave you a big push um, for the competition itself. But when we went to the competition, when the competition day was there, where have you still been like really optimistic that you are able to do like do a, first of all the ring muscle up, but also that you are able to manage all the squats. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, my greatest wish was to try the muscle up with a little bit weight. And you told me that if I can do the muscle up in the first time, I can try it with a little weight. And I was like, okay. Uh, I think uh, you thought that it wouldn't work the first time, I don't know, um, and you planned it uh, second or the first time, maybe. But I was like, okay, the first time it is. And I did it. And I was so happy that I could, could try it. Well, I failed with the baby weight, but I could try it. And this was enough for me. And this was a very high for the whole competition. And um, yeah, I... I believed in me and I was just happy to be there and to try it. Someone in the competition said, uh, I'm doing my own co own competition. <laughs> I think maybe it was a little bit like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's completely fine, especially if you are having your first competition, which you need to always be aware of and also make sure that you're not just having it in your head that you maybe want to win or something because usually if it's your first competition you will never win usually that's not possible at least not at the at those times where we have already quite advanced athletes training already for a few years for it and if you're a completely newcomer of course it's really difficult to directly be at the same level as all the other athletes but what you should just get from your first competition is that you enjoy it that you experience the way of how competition works that you just for yourself get the best out of it and i think this was definitely something which nicole managed with excellence because she did her really good muscle up she was able to try it with a little bit weight even though she failed it, uh, she failed but it was really close she at least got through the transition but then wasn't able to push herself up anymore but I think that's not the important part for her. We did a PR in the dip. We did a PR in the pull-up. And you did a really big PR in a squat. Um, as said before, Nicole failed, I think, 75 in the training, in the last training week. Or what was it? It was 70. Ah, 70 kg. Just yeah. 70. Nicole failed 70 kg squat in the last uh, week of the competition prep. And then... In the competition itself, I think we even opened with 70 kg or something because the um, warm up was seeing was looking like so well and uh, she really felt pretty strong and it was in the end definitely the right decision because we managed 
85 kg squat in the third attempt, which was still looking actually a little bit too easy <laughs> for her third attempt. So <laughs> we know that there's still like <laughs> a little bit more uh, in it and that the 100 kg are not that far away as she was actually thinking when we started to work on the competition before. And even though it was only 85, I think no one at the competition was saying like, well, why is she only squatting 85 kg? I think everyone cheered for you. Everyone was super motivated as well. And it's not a matter of how much weight you move, but it's the matter of how much it means for yourself. And if it's a PR, if it's a really good lift for you, that it doesn't matter what it is compared to all the other uh, athletes. All right. I was far away from the others. And um, after every lift, there was someone somewhere all around the people there who gives me a thumb up or uh, something like that and smiled at me and was like, yes, it was good. And yeah. so this was such a nice feeling and I love the community. Yeah, and I think that's also what makes the sport special somehow that it, it's not just about the the actual thing or the actual weights that are lifted but it's more about your own um own thing and more about how how you feel how it feels for you how um if like everyone cheers for you and everyone is super motivated there as well it just gives a good feeling a good community and that's what makes it special in the end and what also keeps many of the athletes motivated i guess in the end so yeah cool so you already said um you already said that after 10 weeks you have been able to do the first muzzle up even though you never trained on rings before i think that's pretty impressive and let's maybe dive a little bit deeper into that how you have been able to to do it because especially the muzzle up it doesn't matter if it's for the guys on the bar or for the girls on the rings. Uh, it's always the the dis uh, discipline where most of the athletes struggle the most with. If they at least get a valid attempt, uh, how much weight they will be able to move. There's that's the definitely the movement where most fails happen because of you are too nervous or you have a little technique fail or whatever. So yeah, let's maybe go through it a little bit more. How was it for you when you started with training on the rings? Um, it was uh, fun, I guess. So before we started, I sent you videos where I tried it on, I tried it on my own uh, without any video or anything. I had seen it, uh, how you do it or how friends do it. And I was like, let's see how it goes. And I tried it. Well, there was no... Um, false grip or anything <laughs> but um i tried and it was fun because it was something new and um in our first trainings i felt that it's so much in the head so uh, it's a complicated um movement so it's most of it is in the head of course you need to learn the movement and you need the, uh, the strength for it but Especially if you have other things in your head or if you um, don't believe in yourself, you can the strongest people uh, in the world, you can be the strongest man in the world or you can dip the muscle up 
a hundred times you can fail because your head isn't with you. And with this, um, to know this helps me to find um, a strategy for it because I wasn't good in every training. I felt so many times, but I visualize every day. Whenever I was at home, whenever I was sleeping or whenever I was outside or uh, doing shopping or anything, I was visualizing. So I was thinking about the movement, how it goes, how feels the pulse grip, how does it feel to pull you up, how does the transition feel or how does it feel to um, push out the muscle up. And uh, my in my head, in my brain, I did the movement so many times and your brain doesn't know if you're doing it or if you're thinking it. And uh, this was my strategy in all the weeks that I let me think that I did it all the time and all the time. And what I need to do then, and this uh, was obviously with the perfect coach on my side and good plans, <laughs> oh, <thanks>. um, <laughs> was uh, to get the strength for it. So in my head, I learned the movement and uh, I learned to believe in myself. And with the coach and the plan, I get the strength. The <laughs> and um, yeah, did my progress. Nice. Yeah, I think you are definitely right. Like the muscle up is definitely a lift, which is coming from your head for sure. If you are not believing in yourself, then yeah there is it's really difficult to manage it in the end and that's also a reason why the muscle up is maybe the also one of the lifts which is most connected to fatigue like fatigue and training if you're usually in the muscle up is not peaking in the last week of your training block but may or maybe already like in third or fourth week depending on how long your block maybe also goes because in the end your head is already so filled up from all the fatigue uh, from the other lifts, for example, from the dip, from the pull-up, from the squat, that you cannot fully focus on it anymore uh, in, on the muscle up. And then you will not be able to lift that much weight or lift it at all in the end. So um, that's why you always need to make sure that, especially for the muscle up, you start, for example, to get rid of the fatigue earlier than for the other lifts um and that's also something i think nicole helped um when doing the uh, when learning the muscle up that she, yeah she really was focusing on on the movement in her head a lot so not everyone is maybe for not for everyone it's possible to visualize that much of a lift so uh, you already said in your introduction you are a hypnosis coach would you say that knowing how to hypnot hypnotize people i don't know if that's the right word <laughs> but <laughs> if if you know like uh, how this goes if it was easier for you to also visualize like for example the movement of the muscle up i think so yes um there is uh, also a technique like self-hypnosis so you can use it on yourself if you know how it goes but I'm not good with self-hypnosis. I'm better with others. <laughs> but um, um, I was hypnotized sometimes before. 
and I know how it feels and I know how to get in contact with myself and um, to visualize and get in contact with my with the pictures in my head and everything so you can learn it okay um can you maybe tell us a bit more about the hip hypnosis thing like how does it in general work maybe uh because for me i never got hypnotized <laughs> or at least it never worked until now <laughs> but we will talk about that maybe a little bit later um so how can how can i imagine how it feels like for me if i get hypnotized And what can you do as the hypnosis coach? What 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 are you doing then with the person that gets hypnotized? Um, I said it before. If you do uh, the movements in your head, so if you visualize, your brain don't know if uh, it's actually happening or if it's just in your head. So you can use the hypnosis, especially in uh, sports, to visualize some movements so you know you need many many um reps before you really know a movement because you, um, um, if you really learned a new movement so yeah. and with hypno hypnosis you can um imagine that you did the many many reps because it's in your head and there you can get the belief in yourself Because in hypnosis, you're seeing pictures, memories, and um, you can find there the believing. So you see, hey, I can do it. And I did it so many times and I can do it again and I can do it again. And you take these pictures and um, believe in yourself and imagine how it goes the next day, for example, or the next competition. And you're there and your brain thinks, yeah, I'm really there. It's uh, the next competition. It's maybe the German championship in 2024. I'm there. This is what your brain thinks. I'm there and I'm doing it and I can do it. Hey, look at me. I'm doing the muscle up or look at me. I am uh, putting 10 kilograms more or whatever. And with this, it would be uh, it stays connected in your head. So if you wake up from the hypnosis, you still feel the uh, feel the feeling, the emotions from uh, the moment where you stand there in the German Championship 2024, and you competed there, and maybe you were the winner, and you have the emotions. You're you're here, and you say, "Hey, yeah, I'm the winner. I can do it." And this is how it helps for your next trainings and for the rest of the prep preparation until the competition. I see. How how long would you say does uh, like a hypnosis last, for example? Or how long does the feeling stays within my body? Uh, if you hypnotize my, if you hypnotize me, for example, and you would say like, "Hey Nadine, uh, you will be the strongest athlete at the German Open <laughs> in 2024." Would it last until like the good feeling I get from that hypnosis? until then or would it only make sense to do that maybe a day or two days before the competition itself um it depends on the athlete at least and uh, the thematic so if you have a blockade for example 
you can um, cancel the blockade within one hour or anything. And if you, the blockade is gone, it is gone. Mm -hmm. So, but if you, um, if we take your motivation, for example, and we want to make your motivation bigger, this is the thing we can, um, now it's a little bit complicated in English. <laughs> um, we can take an anchor. Mm -hmm. So um, you take the emotion in your body. And, um, you know, whenever you feel an emotion, like um, you're angry, maybe you feel it in your stomach. Or if you're um, in love, you feel it in your heart. Or maybe you're afraid and you'll get a headache, a headache or anything like that. We use this in the hypnosis. So when we find the motivation, for example, you will feel it anywhere. And I will ask you, where do you feel it? Like, well, um, I feel it in my heart, for example. Mm -hmm. And um, we take this emotion and uh, we will set an anchor right in your heart. So uh, when you are awake again and you go to your next trainings and you need this motivation, you can touch your heart and you come, can come back in this feeling. And when you have this emotion back, you can use this for your, uh, for your training. And if you do this every day or every week, you will have this again and again and again. Mm -hmm. But if you don't use this anchor for like uh, two weeks, for example, it won't work again. So uh, the anchor disappears if you don't use it because it's like you don't need it. So if you need it, you would use it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't need, uh, need it, you won't use it. It's like, it's like a muscle, for example. <laughs> yeah, got it. Okay, so for example, like ahead of a competition, if it's more about the motivation, it may be to, be to be safe, to be on the safe side, it would make sense to do a hypnosis shortly ahead of it. But it can also be beneficial a couple of weeks ago uh, before already if you always remind yourself like what is the anchor that reminds you uh, on the uh, of the feeling and gets you back into this this good and motivating a feeling of the the hypnosis or the pictures you sent per person into it uh, during the hypnosis. Well, it helps in training too. So uh, why not uh, do it the weeks before and uh, do better and better training, for example. <laughs> For sure, makes sense. Would you say that like it makes sense to do more sessions, or like the, is it like the way of if the more hypnosis sessions you do, the more anchored the feeling, for example, gets in your body? Um, the more hypnosis you do, the um, better the con connection to your body and to your emotions works. So it, uh, it would be easier to you to uh, use it. But um, as I said, it depends on uh, for what do you need it. Mm -hmm. So uh, if it's a blockade and you want to go uh, uh, around it, above it or anything, <laughs> then it could be uh, one session. But if you say, okay, I have a problem in training, for example, and um, then the hypnosis can make this feeling um, stronger. Okay. So the more sessions you do, the the stronger the feeling gets, for example. Intense is the word I was More looking intense, for. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> can there be a too much, basically? Like, can you destroy anything when you do too many sessions, for example? Or is there like an overload? 
of hypnosis? No, you can't uh, destroy anything. The um, worst thing that could happen uh, with hypnosis is that uh, you're too wellness or <laughs> you're doing a nap or anything. I think that's the worst thing that can happen. Okay, I see. Okay, so um, for everyone that um, doesn't know really like how hypnosis feels like or how hypnosis can work, um, I, I call it also one of my clients actually for the MMC competition to overcome her um, blockade to do the muscle, muscle up because she was always struggling with it and only um, was until now only able to do the muscle up in competitions but never did it in training and also was so afraid of the muscle up itself um, that she was always close to quitting ahead of the competition and was getting like crazy and we also have a group chat of all my coaches um which which competed in the uh mmc for example and nicole was in the group chat and my other client was in the group chat and yeah she was the completely getting crazy in this group chat was saying like no i won't compete i will quit it and then nicole sent a message in into the group like hey why don't we try to hypnotize hypnotize you before the competition so let's try it i don't mean you don't have anything to lose so um yeah they actually did this hypnosis on the day ahead of the competition on in the evening so nicole can you tell us maybe a little bit more about that and like what did you do with um my client there and maybe what what was the outcome of it and yeah can you quickly summarize a little bit of that yes so it was um example <laughs> it was uh the evening before the competition and yeah she was still afraid and yeah we were at the hotel room <laughs> and um i put her in the trance and there i sent her back to her memory uh, memories from the last competition where she did a beautiful muscle up and I put there I put her in this memory and I let her do this muscle up more and more often. So she stands on the box and looked up to the rings and was afraid and she wasn't sure if she can do it. But uh, we all know she did it and I let her do it. So let's pull, pull the rings and get up there. And I asked her uh, when she was up there, how are you feeling? And there was the good feeling I was looking for. And I'm feeling strong. I can do this and everything. And I let her do this again. And again and again and again. Until I, said, uh, I saw her at the box. And she was standing there and wasn't afraid of anymore. So I asked her, how are you feeling now? Hey, I love the muscle up and I want to do this or something like that. And um, I feel that I can do this and uh, I'm so motivated. And um, so I don't know the English word for self-confidence. Self-confidence. Okay. <laughs> and she felt it and I take this feeling. Uh, I took this feeling and as I said before, we um, go in the trance to the moment in 2020, uh, 2023, the MMC, well, the day tomorrow in this uh, setting. 
And I said, are you on the box? Yes, I'm on the box. And how are you feeling? And she wasn't afraid. She, were, uh, she was self-confident and she said, I can do it. And I said, okay, let's do this. And the feeling when she was up there and she was, uh, she did it. And um, up there in the rings, I set the anchor. Fun fact, I took the rings in this moment. So I said that I didn't send uh, the anchor into her body. I gave her rings in her hands with a beautiful uh, false grip. <laughs> and I said, whenever you're doing the muscle ups, whenever you're uh, touching the rings, you will feel these emotions. You will feel self-confident. You will feel strong. And you feel like you can do this whenever you're touching the rings. And, you know, she did a beautiful muscle up at the next day. And um, I think I got some messages, uh, messages, the next trainings and everything. The muscle ups weren't so bad. And she said she likes them. And she pronounced that she wants to do it with weight the next competition. Yes, that's true. Uh, she even <laughs> to do the muscle up directly in her first attempt. So uh, yeah, that was really a big win. Afterwards, we didn't try with any weight anymore because we didn't focus. Uh, we both didn't want to focus uh, on the muscle up, but save some strength for the rest of the lifts. But yeah, I think uh, it was definitely helpful for sure because in training we didn't manage at all one single muscle up and she was always really afraid of it. And I knew it was all in her head because she has a really strong pull uh, and besides that. And yeah, in general, it looked good. She was just not confident enough to go through the con uh, transition. So I knew it's all in her head. And yeah, I think in those cases, the hyp hypnosis can really be a good beneficial been uh, beneficial yeah to the to the athlete itself so also one of the questions of the listeners would which would fit here very well is um if hypnosis generally works for everyone like if you can do it with everyone and if it would also work for everyone what what's your opinion on that um well it works on everyone but uh, there's a part that uh, the client has to do because you know we try to hypnotize you at the same hotel room but well it wasn't uh, the perfect setting because there was so much sounds around us but uh, you're a little workaholic or something like that and i tried mm. to uh, get you to calm you down but uh, i think your head was like oh i need to do this next and what is next and tomorrow i need to do this and uh, well, this isn't an easy setting for hypnosis because you need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Nicole did all her best, but yeah, it, it didn't really work because in my head I was already like thinking about uh, the other training plans of my clients, and I was thinking about the next appointments I had on the day uh, on the next day. So <laughs> yes, for me it's not that difficult, uh, not not that easy to just calm down and just relax and just not think about anything um so nicole had a pretty rough case with me <laughs> but you you told me that there are like ways to still hypnotize people like me which are like a really difficult case so can you tell us a little bit more about that there are special techniques for people like you <laughs> with um special wordings and everything it's uh 
a technique to confuse your head. So uh, it's a, an easy way to say it. Um, it's a way to confuse your head that uh, your head is giving up on thinking about things. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Okay, so um, would would you say, did you experience that this technique then really works for everyone or also, did you also have cases that where you still tried this special technique and it still didn't work? Well, you're the only client where the hypnosis work. <laughs> okay. In my uh, last experiences. So, uh, yeah. Maybe it was a setting. We need to try it again uh, in a better setting without all the sounds around us and uh, everyone in this hotel who wants to go and uh, packing his stuff and uh, close the doors and everything. <laughs> okay, so so it's uh, it's just on me. Like everyone else is <laughs> easy and I'm just a difficult person. Okay, <laughs> I understood. <laughs> Good. Um, well, then another question I had from the listeners, which maybe also fits to that, is like what type of hypnosis you are in general doing and how it does work. So, um, I mean, how, how it works, we already said a little bit, but um, like are there different types of, of hypnosis and is there a special type you are focusing on, for example? Um, there are special um, different types. Um, I'm, there are hypnosis like um, fantasy vac vacations, um, travelings, <laughs> fantasy traveling. So uh, when the hypnotist tells his client just, hey, imagine you're at a beach and you're walking there and there are birds flying and you hear the uh, the, um, the beach, the, the ocean <laughs> and everything. Um, I can't do hypnosis in English because of my buddies. And, <laughs> and you're just lying there and um, you're calming down and you're just uh, going through these pictures. This is okay. one part. It's just for uh, calm down and wellness. Mm -hmm. And you have a hypnosis type um, that I use. I, I call it like um, work hypnosis. So it's a hypnosis where you work on your client or with your client. So uh, if you have blockades, for example, if you want to achieve some goals, for example, if you change uh, your habits, And these are hypnosis where I'm talking to you. So I put you in the trance and I'm asking you questions like, where are you? What do you need there? Where do you need to go? And you can go through memories, for example. And um, it could be bad memories, for example, if they're, uh, the blockades come from there, like uh, in your childhood or anything. And if you're there, I will ask you, what do you need there? like uh, your mother, for example. So you're alone in a room or anything and you need a hug from your mother. So um, I can send you your mother and the bad uh, emotions from this memory can change into good emotions and this can um, solve the blockade in the presence, for example. Okay. So you... And these are... 
look like during the hypnosis you're searching for certain things that maybe happened during your life that have an impact on the topic you are currently trying to solve but maybe you don't remember in your normal presence or you, yes. you know you, you maybe also try to get rid of the memory or sometimes uh, you don't know that it took part together Okay. So it could be memories you uh, really memorize, but uh, you don't know that this happening has uh, something to do with uh, your um, problem in the present, for I example. See. So okay. this could be a part two. Are there any topics you like to work more on or you you maybe also down, don't like to work on or would you also say like that's not a topic I want to work with clients on? Well, um, I don't have the um, um, I don't find the very uh, the words. I need to say it otherwise. <laughs> what are you looking for? I, uh, I was uh, wanted to uh, explain the high practical. <laughs> Maybe you don't have the permission to to do some to heal someone. To ah, heal yeah. someone. So I don't work with people who are uh, ill, like have something in the uh, like depressions or anything or in the um, like psychosis or some stuff like that. And um, you can do some stuff with the body, for example, if you have um, illnesses there in your back pain or anything. But uh, I, I'm not allowed to do this either, sadly. <laughs> So um, I love to work. Um, the last times I worked like um, with people who can sleep, for example, mm -hmm. to get a better sleep or um, to sleep uh, the whole night. I had people who just slept uh, two hours for the last 12 years, for example. And I was like, oh, my God, I would die. And <laughs> <laughs> with uh, one hypnosis, now he sleeps eight hours uh, like a baby. So these are uh, some clients I like to work with. Or uh, I love to work with your client. So uh, I would love to work more with people in uh, the sports sec uh, section. And um, yeah. These are some stuff, or if you want to do um, to be better for with yourself, for example. So uh, the the body dysmorphia, for example, is a really really important section, and um, self confidence and everything. I see. So you are not allowed to like heal really deep mental problems or anything like that, or anything that is really like connected to a real illness but you can help people still to like feel better to get more sleep um to become more self-confident or to yeah maybe also get rid of stress uh, in your life so that's yes. topics you're currently working on okay i see so you already said yeah you also enjoyed working with my client and you that you would like to work with more athletes for uh, example um what's your opinion on hypnosis for for competition athletes or for, for athletes in general like what are the main topics that could where, where hypnosis can work for example um 
I don't know. I remember that you sent me for uh, sent me a, um, a study where it was written like basically that people after hypnosis really showed much more strength, uh, which was actually measurable um, compared to without the hypnosis or before the hypnosis. So yeah, maybe it's also something you can uh, explain a little bit. Well, it's no secret that uh, everyone can, can do more if you don't know which weight is there. So uh, if you're trying to do a leg press, for example, and someone would put on weight and you don't know it, you would complete this because there's so much more in your body uh, as in your head. And um, this is um, something you can do with, with hypnosis. So I can't make you stronger so when your body isn't uh isn't uh capable of it like doesn't have yes (laughs) (laughs) yes if you don't have the muscles if you don't have the strength i can can't make you stronger but um i can uh, cancel the blockade between your body and your head so uh, you will be more confident and uh you will try more and you will know that you can more so if you think you can't do more, you will feel it in your body. It won't work. So, yeah, makes sense. And um, this is somewhat something I can do. Yes, and I think an important part is uh, like you remember when I failed the bench press and uh, nearly died there. <laughs> yes, the, the barbell almost fell uh, uh, on her head. Uh, everyone maybe knows that feeling that. Who bench pressed once and didn't make the last rep and no spotter was there, then yeah, you already see your life <laughs> flying away. <laughs> For so, <time>. And <laughs> there are so many cases where athletes uh, hurt themselves in some practices or anything. And I think uh, I don't need to tell you that it's sometimes it's hard to get back there. So, you know, I need uh, like three weeks until I get this uh, weight on the um, with the bubble again and uh, on the bench press and with hypnosis you can uh, this is another blockade so if you uh, hurt yourself in an exercise and you're afraid to do it again you can um, take the hypnosis to come back stronger and uh, well faster You can come back faster and uh, can train a little bit better, for example. And yeah, we told it before. Uh, we told about it uh, before with um, Nadine's client with the competition itself. If you need more confidence, for example, if you are uh, afraid to uh, stand there in front of all the people and uh, stuff like that. Okay. Um, would you say it would also help, for example, after injuries? I mean, sometimes after an injury and it's already healed and you actually don't have any problems anymore, but you're maybe still a bit afraid of for if you put too much pressure on your shoulder, as an example, and then that you maybe feel your shoulder again, even though it wouldn't be the case, but just because you are just so afraid and because you don't try it because you're not moving the shoulder in a way you should move it maybe it hurts again or you just think like it will hurt and that's what makes you more yeah no i'm searching for the word what makes you more uh vorsichtig do you know what for vorsichtig? Uh, careful 
yeah, careful. Yeah, what makes you <laughs> careful? Careful. Where, where that's the reason maybe why you cannot directly move as much weight as before. Is it also something where you can help with? I can tell with my knees. Um, sometimes if you have injuries or if you had injuries, it's like an um, phantom pain. So uh, you you think you feel pain and uh, you move it a little bit and you say, no, no, it hurts or it would hurt or, oh no, oh my God. And this is such a clocky too, of course. Okay, so maybe also after injuries, it would make sense to do one session with you as an example to be able to train properly again without anything that blocks you. Imagine you were um, connecting yourself with your body. Uh, you can imagine it like uh, you're talking to, uh, to the injury. So uh, if you had uh, your shoulder, for example, you said it before, um, you can talk to it in the hypnosis so <laughs> and uh, you were looking for the for your shoulder and you will say okay are you right uh, are you wrong uh, how many you can do it and um i will set you in the setting for the bench press for example and we will do the bench press and uh, we think how does it feel ask your shoulder is it okay for your shoulder yeah. so this is how you can imagine a hypnosis like that and you will get a better feeling for this without the fear Makes sense. Okay. So um, one thing that also interests me is like hypnosis for many people, it's something which is connected to like the hocus pocus. It's a bit like, hmm, does it really work? Is it like all the uh, crazy people that just like say hex, hex, and now everything is good or for, for example, something like that. So I think not many people are believing in hypnosis, hypnosis itself. So what would you tell people that have similar opinion <laughs> towards it? It depends uh, on the opinion. <laughs> <laughs> But um, hypnosis is um, no focus, focus and no voodoo. I can't do anything you don't want to do. So the most fear of the people is like, uh, I got you in the trolls and I say, uh, go through the uh, through the city naked and uh, scream like a cow. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, well, if it's not a really, really great dream of yours, I can't do this. <laughs> so... Uh, You, you will get, get uh, couldn't get touched there. And um, it's like, uh, you know, meditation. And um, I think the feeling is a little bit like a deeper version, a deeper and intense version of the meditation. Mm -hmm. And um, it also works a little bit like that everything what happens is in your head so i can't do uh snipping my fingers and you're somewhere or doing anything but um you can open up for it and the yeah you can um activate some frequencies in your brain but this is a little bit uh, too much scientific <laughs> <laughs> I see. Okay. But what, what, what do you think then when you say like, there's not an option to just like snip with your finger and get hypnotized, but there are like magic magicians, for example, that are doing in their shows, 
this thing like and now you are in hypnosis and the people fall like <laughs> over and are completely gone and then they snip again and then you are back into to life or back into the the real uh, area so what's your opinion on that or what would you say like how does it work what they what they are doing there is it just show or are they really hypnotizing people and it's just another way You can see this. I'm doing a face palm. Um, I know that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like looking down and saying like, oh God. <laughs> um, I, I know that you would ask this. This is some of the first questions whenever I talk to someone. And um, the thing is, you said it before, it's show. So the people who are there on the, um, at the spotlight aren't new people. So I think most of you should know it that in all the shows where someone say, hey, I need someone uh, from the uh, public, there are some people who are um, maybe paid or something like that. And with hypnosis, it's like um, they, are, they got hypnotized before. So... Um, Of course, in, you can su uh, suggest in the hypnosis that you would like to do this, of course, but you will um, take some hypnot uh, hypnosis before. So uh, it's like, hey, Nadine, uh, you're in hypnosis and I'm telling you, imagine you're um, doing something weird at Spotlight. How does it feel? Or you don't like it, but imagine uh, everyone is uh, clapping for you and it feels nice. And uh, I'm giving you the feeling that this is a good idea and it feels nice for you to do this. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're like, oh my God, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, cool. I want to do this. And if you're at this point, you can go in the public uh, at the show and I can say, Nadine, come up here. And I would take you in the hypnosis. Maybe I suggest before that uh, you're easier. Uh, it's easier for you to go in the hypnosis. And then I can get you in the hypnosis. And uh, I can say, you remember here, it's nice to hopping around here in spotlight and do stupid things. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. And do it. Okay. so I think this is the way I didn't, um, I didn't do it before mm -hmm. like that. And I didn't see it before. But uh, I learned how it works and this is how I imagine it should work because it's not the way it works. <laughs> yeah, it sounds at least reasonable. So I, I have no idea about this, those things, but uh, sounds like it could make sense how you explained it. <laughs> cool. So maybe one last question to the topic before we jump into our last section of the podcast. Um, do you have any insights maybe that if hypnosis is already worked? in for example other sports sections or in other professional sports for example like in football or whatever like i mean it could make sense for everyone right why is it not known at least yet that people use it well um this is something i didn't i don't know because um i don't know so much um hypnosis therapists or coaches but um It's not a secret that um, when you go to a competition, uh, maybe with um, runners, for example, when they are going to, the, to a, comp a competition, most of them are visualizing the competition, the way, the movements and everything. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a common technique to do, the, uh, to do it like that. And um, 
why not go take it with hypnosis and put it deeper down in your uh, subconscious mind? Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a topic that also people don't talk about that much probably because yeah, it's still not really established in the public yet. And um, yeah, many people still think like it's voodoo or hocus pocus. So if you talk about that, you maybe use hypnosis to overcome certain things, then yeah, you are maybe afraid of that someone will judge you or yeah, think bad about it. So yeah, I think that's the problem. Okay, so thanks, Nicole, first of all, for all the insights. Um, Before we wrap it up and before you can also announce one thing um, that we have here for all the listeners um, I will ask you five easy questions and then um, we almost have it for today <laughs> so first question you said in your introduction that you are working as personal coach and as hypnosis coach so if you would have to decide in future you could only work as one of the two things like what would we be your choice hypnosis coach or personal trainer personal coach Oh, I love the combination so much. Um, <laughs> um, I think uh, hypnosis is more fun for me. And I love that you can have the um, progress in less time. And um, I think it's more, I'm sorry, but I think it's uh, more effective. Um, well, not if you're training for competition, of course, you need the plans and everything. But um the normal person i'm working with uh normal people who don't want to competi- uh, to go to competitions but just want to uh get a healthier lifestyle and everything and uh most of the problems there are just in the head and um as a coach i'm doing so much uh yeah talking to them and work for weeks and with a hypnosis i can uh do it in a shorter time and uh very more effective than just with coaching so This is why I like uh, to do it with hypnosis. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> cool. So next one, your two difficult disciplines in street lifting were the muscle up or the squat. So if you would have to decide, which one do you like more? Ah, uh, the muscle up. Okay, cool. I love it. <laughs> I yeah, want to do more of it. Not with it, then you. I think then you really love the muscle up. You just need to once feel the the love towards the exercise <laughs> cool so next one um do you prefer active or relaxing holidays ah uh, some of both i prefer active but there must be a day with uh wellness okay yeah okay i think your combination <laughs> is usually a good good way <laughs> so in training when you um train do you hear music or do you uh listen to podcasts usually uh uh, i'm listening i need to listen to the music of the gym sadly because i have uh, strange ears (laughs) they 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 don't like the uh earpieces so whenever i train it's like they uh it out i don't know uh, they're plopping out uh, with every exercise and uh, the most of my uh, most of my training is uh, to put them back in my ears this is why i let them home and the big things i have on my on my head um just uh, uh, they're too big it's not not so good for pulling for example 
and uh, this is why I need to yeah, sadly uh, get the bad gym music. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Maybe uh, it would be better for my uh, goal of uh, 180 uh, year um, total when I have better music or anything. <laughs> Because in competition, well, of course, you can choose the third attempt music, but for the other attempts, you also just take whatever goes up there. So I think it's not too bad actually to train without music or without your own music at least to feel more the competition style. But well, the competition music is good music <laughs> with power and everything. Maybe complain at your gym <laughs> about the music. <laughs> cool. Last question: Do you prefer to train alone or in a group? Um, I prefer to train alone, but sometimes I like if there uh, are other people I know to, uh, yeah, cry if I'm bad. <laughs> For example, <laughs> someone needs to well, listen no. to your to your complaints if the train doesn't go as planned. yes, or uh, look uh, for my muscle up if I can do it. It's a little bit sad well, if you do a PR alone. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> well, if then no one is around, then you're just texting me again and like, oh, Nadine, my training is not going as planned. I'm crying right now. Yeah. Or don't push me. Uh, I uh, Maybe I did it uh, more than you said I should do it or something like that. <laughs> yes. I remember that. <laughs> well, always like I put her, for example, like five sets of muscle ups and in the end she was writing like, Well, I did 10 to 15 sets and then she wonders why she best spends like four hours in the gym. <laughs> you said I should do five or 10 and I uh, do it, uh, did it as long as uh, five times worked. The pace yeah. didn't count. It <laughs> wasn't the plan. <laughs> But well, not, not a topic for today, maybe. <laughs> Okay, so before we wrap it up, um, Nicole and I have come up with something for you guys, um, for all the podcast listeners and uh, for everyone that is interested in trying out hypnosis herself, short exclamation here, this um, offer, I would say, I, I would call it is just for German speaking people, because as Nicole said already before, hypnosis is quite difficult and it's also quite difficult to get someone into that state and she, she needs to feel comfortable herself. So it will be easier for her to do it in German language. So, but of course, if you're an English speaker or if you are not from Germany and you are still interested in hypnosis, for sure, you can text her, write her a message and maybe can she can still help you or find you another coach in your country that is then maybe the right one. I don't know, maybe, but at least <laughs> <give> some tips. <laughs> And first of all, her contact data, of course, is in the show notes. So her Instagram, her website and everything, you can find everything in the show notes. And if you want to get in touch with her, be free to contact her. But now I hand over to Nicole to explain what we have come up with. And yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, in uh, my hypnosis sessions, it's uh, you need for your first session like uh, two dates. The first one is anamnesis so uh, i need to know some stuff about you so what are you afraid of what are your goals or like uh, if you need help in the hypnosis uh, 
I need to know maybe your family um, uh, um, the the Verbindung uh, <laughs> connection the connection the connections to your family members oh my god and um, like uh, if you're afraid for anything and I will ask you what do you need and uh, I want to send you your mother. And uh, your mother makes you uh, more afraid. This would be bad. This is why <laughs> we need uh, we need this uh, enemies called first. And um, after the amnesis, uh, when I know enough about you, we can go uh, through your goals. And the second date uh, where the hypnosis would start. And my present for you today is um, that I owe you the anamnese for. Uh, Nothing. <laughs> In my wonderful English, it's a present for you. So uh, only need uh, to book and pay the hypnosis date, the already uh, trans session and everything. And uh, the enemies where I need to know you is for free. Cool. That's a great offer, I think. So you get the hypnosis session and the analysis for one price, basically. So if you are interested in that and you are coming from the podcast, just let Nicole know that you are coming from the podcast. Send her the code muzzle up or at least <laughs> let, let her know that you listen to the podcast. I think then uh, if you listened until now, then... Uh, you will make sure to to contact in the right way. You can either contact her via Instagram, via her website, via her mail address, um, whatever feels like. Or of course, if you are unsure how to contact her, you can also send me a message and I will make sure to get the connection. You find everything in uh, Instagram. It's uh, just Google my name or anything. So you can talk WhatsApp, for example, to you. Perfect. So... <laughs> I think there will be definitely be a way to contact her. So if you're interested in trying out hypnosis yourself, I'm, I'm sure Nicole will be the right person. It works also online. So don't worry. You don't need to drive to Nicole's hometown. Uh, <laughs> you know, no matter where in Germany you live, you can contact her. Also, if you live in Austria, as long as you speak German, that's fine. <laughs> and yeah, try it out. And otherwise, I say thanks Nicole, first of all, for giving us all the interesting insights, uh, for sharing your story also on how you finished, uh, how you made it to, within 12 weeks to your first weightlifting competition. I think it's quite inspiring also for other newcomers. And yeah, and also to give us more insights on the whole hypnosis topic. And I'm still hoping that you find a way to make me stronger in my pool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> We will do this, I promise. Yay. <laughs> cool. Okay, then, yeah, I would say let's wrap it up. Thanks for uh, listening also, of course. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to post it into the comments on Spotify or send me a message. And other than that, remember to give us a rating, to share the podcast across the community and to give me some uh, recommendations on who you want to hear next or what topics you want to hear next in the podcast. Thanks for listening today. If you like the podcast, I would highly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating and share it across your community to make the sport grow further. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell so you will never miss a new episode. Stay active and hope to hear you soon.